This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. And as Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. And many rich people put in large sums. And then a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. And then Jesus called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything that she had, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. And so, Heavenly Fathers, we come to your word. We pray that we would hear not just the words of men, but the words of God. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I want to take that as my text this morning from Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. If you're making use of the Pew Bible, you can find that text on page 1009. Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, and beginning at verse 41. And so we're continuing our annual stewardship series, and the theme of this year's series is giving that matters. Giving that matters. As we said last week, and truth be told, it isn't at all difficult to give in a way that doesn't matter. Indeed, people do it in, in church all the time. In fact, some people in church don't give at all. But assuming that most give something when the alms basin comes around, many, when they do, don't think much about it, either before they give or after they give. And truth be told, if they stopped giving, it probably wouldn't matter much because it doesn't really matter much when they do. But in this three-part stewardship series, what we're thinking about together is giving that does matter. Indeed, last week we talked about giving that matters because it's generous. And this morning we're thinking together about giving that matters because it's sacrificial. Giving that matters because it's sacrificial. And for this we have in our text the sacrificial giving of the poor widow at the temple treasury in Jerusalem. Indeed, Mark tells us, beginning at verse 41, that Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people giving money into the offering box. Now, the treasury is where Jesus sat down. He was located in what was then called the, the Court of Women, which is closer to the temple building than the Court of the Gentiles, the second closest court to the temple itself in Jerusalem. And in the Court of Women, where both men and women were allowed to congregate, there were 13 collection boxes that were placed in intervals along the inner wall of the court. And seemingly, Jesus had positioned himself, perhaps on a bench 
near one of those collection boxes and he was watching people as they deposited their contributions. And Mark says in verse 41 that many rich people put in large sums. And then Mark continues and says in verse 42, and a poor widow, notice the contrast, the rich putting in large sums, and now this poor widow came and she put, into, put in two small copper coins, which make a penny as we have translate, translated into English. Now, we don't know anything about this widow. Um, her name is not given. But we do know that she was a widow, which in ancient society would have put her at great financial risk. She didn't have a husband, which she would have needed in ancient society to be looking after her. There wouldn't have been much for her to do. That's why there's a lot of prostitution, by the way, in the ancient world. Um, but uh, she was a widow, and so she was at risk, and she's described as poor, which would have been common in her times. That's what widows were. They were poor. Apparently, Jesus knows about her, uh, even as I might say he knows all about us and what we do and why we do it. In fact, Jesus identifies this woman and she, he knows what she's doing and makes comparisons between what she's doing and what others are doing and the motivations that lie behind it. He knows everything. And you see this throughout the Gospels, not just in the Gospel of John, but in the Synoptics as well. But we read a very interesting passage, and this speaks, by the way, of his divinity. In Jeremiah 17 and verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. That's a sort of a scary thought. You're not only going to be judged based upon your deeds, but the reason why you do them. I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give to everyone according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. And Mark says that while the rich were giving large sums, this widow, as we've already mentioned, uh, gave uh, two copper coins in the Greek, uh, in the plural, lepta. A lepton was a coin, lepta. She gave two, which at the time uh, were the smallest and least valuable Jewish coins in circulation in Palestine. In fact, um, there's a mention of a penny and so forth. Um, th th this coin was so small and so thin that it, 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 was, um, it was a fraction of what we might think of as a real coin. In fact, you needed 128 of these just to get the, buy the food that you would need uh, for the day if you happen to be a day laborer. But Mark continues and says that in verse 43, that Jesus called his disciples to him. They apparently weren't sitting on the bench with him or sitting where he was or seeing what he was seeing. Jesus called his disciples uh, to him and he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow, which widow? That one. This poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. So Jesus calls the disciples over. Why? Well, because what is happening is really important. Indeed, what is happening matters. And he wants them to know about it. And so he shows them what's happening and he explains what's happening. Again, verse 43. 
Jesus called the disciples to him, and he said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. That must have caught their attention because they wouldn't have expected either Jesus or anyone to say anything like that. That's not what widows do. Widows don't put in more money than others. Now the phrase I truly say to you is a, is a solemn formula um, uh, we see it throughout the Gospels. Truly, truly, I say to you. It's indicating that what comes next is really important. It really matters. And then Jesus says, what Jesus says next is the thing that really matters. Truly, I say to you, as a, Peterson has it in the message, the truth is this. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> Truly I say to you, verse 43, this widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. Of course, what, he's, what Mark has just described in verses 41 and 42 is contrary to the claim that Jesus is making. So how can this be? He said the rich are giving these large amounts and then a widow came and she gave two lepta. And so how can this be? In terms of actual amounts, of this comparison between large sums and two small copper coins. In point of fact, the, the poor widow had not given more than the others. And so what, Jesus, what is Jesus talking about? Well, the answer comes in verse 44. In verse 43, Jesus truly says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box for, and verse 44, and that for is the explanation, for they all contributed out of their abundance. That is to say, they gave from funds that they didn't really need to cover their basic needs. That is, they gave from funds that, in all honesty, they could have done without. Which perhaps is a concept that uh, may be difficult for us to grasp in a culture like our own, where the difference between need and want is often blurred. In which culture we might imagine ourselves as not rich, if we don't have all the money that we need in order to buy everything we ever wanted. Now, Rob Bell and Don Golden in their book from a few years back, the G, uh, the, in fact the title is quite provocative and I rather, it's a bit tongue in cheek, but there's a lot of truth in it. The name of the book was Jesus Wants to Save Christians. Remember, it was the church that crucified Christ. It wasn't non-believing people. It was, the, it was the established religion that organized it. Indeed, what would we do with Jesus, the real Jesus, not the one we imagine in our minds, and the one that we sell to other people? What would we do with the real Jesus were he to come into our presence? But Rob Bell and Don Golden in their book, Jesus Wants to Save Christians, wrote this. They said, nearly one billion people in the world live on less than one American dollar a day. 
One billion people live on less than one American dollar a day. Another two and a half billion people in the world live on less than two American dollars a day. More than half of the world's population lives on less than two American dollars a day. The average American teenager spends nearly $150 a week. More than 90% of the world's population, I think we made reference, passing reference to this last week, week. more than 90% of the world's population does not own a car. One third of American families own three cars. Americans spend more annually on trash bags than nearly half of the world does on all other goods. Human history has never witnessed the abundance that we as Americans consider normal. We have more resources than any group of people anywhere at any time has ever had. Ever. <laughs> of course, we seldom understand the reality of our abundance because we don't usually compare ourselves to the rest of the world, but instead to others living around us, which is why it's often lost on us just how rich we really are. Andy Stanley, in his book, How to Be Rich, wrote this. He said, in America, the rich are always other people who have more than we do. Very few Americans think of themselves as rich. The rich are always other people. In America, no one is rich, but everyone knows someone who is. <laughs> and still Jesus says, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who were contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she of her poverty has put in everything she had, everything she had to live on. And so Jesus commends to us this poor widow. We wouldn't commend her to each other. Because the values that Jesus is operating from, perhaps in most cases, are not our values. But he's really impressed with this woman. And so he commends her to us. And why is that? So that we say, wow, you know, she's amazing. Of course not. Rather, Jesus commends to us the widow that she might seriously inform the way we practice giving and engage in our discipline of giving, that we would give sacrificially the way she did, and that by following her, we might also follow the example of Christ. In fact, maybe that's why he was so impressed with her, because he saw himself and her. I think that's, in fact, the motivation in the, in the day of judgment when Jesus says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why does he say that? Because he sees himself in you. If he should say that to you. 
But you know what Paul said to the Corinthians relative to Jesus in his richness and in his poverty. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. So that you by his poverty might become rich. Indeed, Jesus is a self-emptying God. And when he sees us emptying ourselves, you notice you, you can't be filled up if you're not empty. And as a former parishioner once said, you know, you, you can't receive if your hands are clasped and clenched. You receive when your hands are open. <laughs> and so Jesus became poor that we might become rich. Indeed, this is why Jesus took special notice of this woman, because she's like him. She gave everything, and Jesus gives everything, and then Jesus says to you and me, and now follow me. But what are we really saying? Are, are, we, are, we, are we saying, uh, give everything away? Not really. But what we are saying is that giving matters. And not just giving what we don't need. But giving in a way that represents true sacrifice. You should feel it when you give. <laughs> and no joy when you do. This is Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Or maybe you don't really believe that. Look at your giving records. And that will answer the question for you. Remember, as we quoted Mother Teresa last week, if you give what you don't need, it isn't giving. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying here. Indeed, I think the poor widow would, I would agree with Mother Teresa. If you give what you don't need, it isn't giving. And I know that Jesus does. And so I wonder, what are you going to do with that abundance that God has entrusted with you to manage, to be a steward of. As someone has written, it's not the earning of money that matters so much to God, but what we do with it once we've got it. Giving that matters because it's sacrificial. Amen? I just see so much freedom in this. But uh, it's hard maybe to convince others of it um, because they think that the freedom is in the having and the getting and the protecting and the, and the storing and the hoarding. And yet you say that the freedom lies in the releasing and that because you, God, are a giver, we're never more like you. Not when we're taking, but when we're giving. And no one's more free than you. In fact, no one's more joyous than you. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so help us, Lord, to see the wisdom in this. And then give us the grace to walk in it. And even as we are thinking what we might do next week when the ingathering comes, speak to our hearts and make us new 
and conform us more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.